Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Podcast starring Dave Schilling, Rodney Rogers, AC Earl, Joey Devine, Rex Walters, Ear Kamink. Sean Keane, Adonis Jordan, Mike Peplowski, special guest John Wilms, Patreons, Andrew Liu, thank you Andrew, Charles Crabtree, thank you Chucky Krabs, John Molesky! Thank you, John! Musical guest, Boy Genius! And now the temporary host of Ground Ball Rock, Joey Devine! Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode. I'm here as always. With America's Uncle Dad, America's uh, feature at Cobb's Comedy Club this week, Sean Keane. Sean, how are you? I'm good. Doing well. Doing great. Uh, that's good. Sean, yeah. we have a packed show. We have first really going to talk to John Wilms, our friend uh, from Real GM, uh, to just go over some things we've seen so far when the NBA season starts. Yeah, that's right, baby. We're actually talking basketball today in... Uh, strange turn of events. Then, Sean, we have our friend, uh, our friend Alex, uh, who was the DJ at Shacktoberfest, and we're going to talk to him really briefly about what it's like DJing at Shack's Halloween Festival. 
Um, so let's just get straight into it. Here is us talking to our friend John. All right, we're here with John Wilms uh, from Real GM Radio, from the Turtle Pond uh, well, podcast. I want to be clear. I've never, oh. I've never been on Real GM Radio. No, wait. Why did I say Real GM Radio? I don't, I, I you're thinking of Danny just LaRue, Real our GM. friend. It's true. I am thinking of our friend Danny LaRue. Yeah. Um, Hit me up, Danny. I'd come on. Uh, yeah. From Real GM. From The Ringer. From uh, our um, Patreon, where John and I watch uh, the uh, the morning show once. Uh, we're going to have an, the finales this weekend. We're going to catch up next week, I promise. Um, we've got John. John Wilms from Dad's Jad, Jad's Dad Milo, the author. Um, John. I wanted to ask you. You're a Bulls fan. Yeah. Um I we had you on. I want to ask you about things we're we've learned 2 weeks into the season, but I wanted to name this first. You're on a podcast that's not real GM radio. It's called Turtle Pond Hangout. The you're yes. Bulls fan. The Bulls keep having players only meetings. So we're going to call this segment Potters only. Oh, um yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so first off i guess i'll ask you about the bulls uh how bad is it well i'm not the best person to ask because i haven't <laughs> been watching them a ton but um because i feel like i've seen enough i could describe yeah. i could find more language to describe what's going on and all that but like we kind of all know what the deal is at this point they're just uh, not a great fit um you know the hope coming into this season which seems to have been a bad hope um is that last season they were kind of waiting around for Lonzo to come back, and so they weren't adjusting in the ways they needed to. And so maybe this season they would have more of a sense of how they needed to play because they know he's not going to come back, but they still just don't really play together very well. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what it is. And they seem to be kind of giving up on the task of playing well together. So um, it's just not fun to watch. There's yeah. no like there's no like thing they do. There's no right. like yeah. identity <laughs> to it. And Levine Well, there is, just, is one thing they do and that's they have players only meetings. Yeah, they have yep. players only meetings. After the very first game of the season, I think it's the the first players only the earliest players only meeting I can remember. It's yeah, gotta and, be. And, there's no and, way. I've never heard of a game one <laughs> players only meeting. I mean, if you were trying to make it seem like a super dramatic situation, you would probably lead with that detail. But it's not even that. It's just not even that exciting or dramatic. It's just like, well, this team kind of stinks. Like, what am I going to do? Watch this every night? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to. Um, I'll always follow them and keep an eye on them. But you guys know what I'm, I'm wearing a Bucks hat right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's wild. There's a feature. I want to talk about the Bulls just a little bit. Sure. Um, just because they seem uh, like they're not... Not only are they a bad fit, it's like they're playing a bit of a retro game. Mm -hmm. So they're, they've given up the most threes in the league um, this year. And the second... You know, sorry, they've, they've given up the second most uh, threes in the whole league. Mm -hmm. And... They've made, uh, I think, the fifth fewest. And mm -hmm. so there's just like elements to this team where basically they're good at getting steals. And then that's kind of 
it. They don't really turn the ball over and they shoot a lot of twos. They're shooting the most two pointers in the league. And it just feels like they're playing like early 2000s basketball. And if you think about it, it's like, wow, I mean, DeMar DeRozan is like the perfect player for mm-hmm. 2002, just maybe not right now this season. Yeah, and they, they tried to emphasize shooting more threes. It's just, it, it just isn't happening, and it just mm-hmm. probably isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't quite understand how it can be so profoundly the way that you just described it and that like Billy Donovan can can literally just not get them to shoot three pointers. Yeah, that's... Like, I don't I don't understand that. Like NBA players in general kind of want to shoot three pointers. Yeah, yeah. If you've ever seen them warming up, for example, um, you would just think that would be more j- just easy to to make happen. But it's well, they it really made the just... mistake of signing an entire team of the one guy in warmups who just does funny layups while lazily standing <laughs> under the basket. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is a a great um, ESPN piece today about Alex Caruso, which is I'm always interested in Alex Caruso, and he really is a good defender. But it was very funny that Demar Derozan called him our Ray Lewis. Because that's not a comparison I would have ever <laughs> mentally made about Alex Caruso. No, I, I don't think that I don't think of him as a murderer. But... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't suspect him of cold blooded murder. Well, yeah, if he's... Alex Caruso were going to murder someone, it would be uh, someone who discovered he was an undercover cop because that's how he looks. He looks like an undercover cop. All right. Um... <laughs> John, he mentioned you're wearing a Bucks hat. I want to talk oh. about Bucks discourse real quick because oh, yeah. what is the discourse? Have you guys looked at? Well, when people talk about the Bucks, it sounds like they're bad. Oh, they're yeah, all yeah, like, like it's in really not they're actually working. five and two. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You go on like you listen to the low post, and they're like, I don't know, the Bucks they're not running Damon uh, Giannis screens. The defense looks bad. And then you check the standings for the league, and they are five and two for second in the East. Yeah, they're five and two. They have the uh, the same record as the uh, Celtics, who are discussed in like the opposite way. They're like, "Wow, everything is perfect." Reverential (laughs) tones for a team that was really getting blown out by the Seventy Sixers until the last (laughs) ninety seconds of the game when. Uh, the Sixers didn't fall apart, and you know the Celtics had a game winning shot, but they were up like fourteen with ninety seconds to go, which I guess is a testament to the Celtics. But also maybe uh, maybe they're not the greatest five man lineup in history. It's weird because this has now happened like three years in a row with the Celtics, and was happening the year that Gordon Hayward got hurt. Just there's so much Boston media that yeah. Do you remember like? 11 months ago, people were talking about how they had the greatest offense in NBA history. Yeah. And then it turned out that only two people, yeah, (laughs) two people could dribble on the whole team. Um, Yeah. I still feel like they don't. I'm sick of that. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like they still kind of don't have enough people who can dribble on the team? Yes. No, uh, Drew Holiday is is not. Listen, I love Drew Holiday and I think he's makes them better and they are better. But like, he's not a significantly better point guard than Marcus Smart. Uh, anybody as a boxologist like myself who's been watching the team over the years will tell you that the the Drew point card stuff is an adventure. 
Like yes. you don't really know what you're getting possession to possession, game to game. Um, so he's not going to be the steady hand that they've needed in closer games. And if you look at it uh, in the standings, right? So usually mm-hmm. if you look at point differential, if it's positive, it's green. And if it's negative, it's red. And then mm-hmm. you always, your eyes are caught by like a sea of green with a little bit of red in it or vice versa. Um, and so right now the Bucks are the little red blip in a sea of green in the top nine teams of the Eastern Conference. All have positive point differentials. And then the Bucks are number two with a negative uh, two point differential. Mm-hmm. The Celtics are plus 12 and they have the same record. Yeah. <laughs> um, this speaks to the fact that they're very comfortable blowing out inferior teams and sometimes mm-hmm. even good teams. Um, but they just don't they're not comfortable in close games. And that's still the case um, versus the Bucks, who just got a lot more comfortable in close games with Dame Lillard. And they can mm-hmm. kind of like get all over themselves and have an insane game and then just play incredible basketball for five minutes and still win. Um, and that's kind of like the Giannis experience anyway. Um, it's sort of like a roller coaster. It's it's I've said roller coaster twice. And I apologize. It's um, okay. But, You're, um, you've got uh, the big dipper on the brain. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or the giant dipper. Excuse me. The, uh, yeah, the, yes. <laughs> but the, you, the Giannis experience is insane. Like he is almost playing football a lot of the time. Um, he is almost traveling or in fact traveling a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um and making really bad decisions in terms of shooting too many threes or deep twos and just other kinds of bad decisions as well. Um, trying to close out on a three-point shooter that he can't catch and then falling out of the game for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this is all typical Giannis stuff. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, he's still incredible. And he yeah. still comes out ahead, even though it did, it did not look good for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Bucs are like becoming that as a team overall. Yeah. Especially since they hired a coach who he wanted as opposed to one who, you know, I, I know he liked him, but but Bud has his own way of doing things. And he had that mm-hmm. Bud, organized Bud baseline. Uh, that's gone. Mm-hmm. And and now the, the defense is, is gone now, too. Mm-hmm. I think the defense will get a lot better. But I also think that, like, Adrian Griffin's insane blitzing defense that didn't work for four games, I right. think that was probably, like, kind of Giannis's idea, if I'm being honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to just, like, oh, I've, I've, I've been playing, like, he's been playing 2K or something, mm-hmm. and that's what he does without realizing the reality of a non-computer uh, intelligence Brooke Lopez, you know. Yes. Hey, Brooke um, Lopez and- has computer intelligence. He is <laughs> he is the computer that wore yeah, tennis shoes. He's seen the movie thousands of times. Don't uh-huh. hear you say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Dean Jones on a basketball court. Um, I've been making a lot of references to uh, movies and shows that are like 50 to 70 years old recently, mm-hmm. Wilms. I'm sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, uh, I, well, I'm but the one who fine. brought that one up. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like the, 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 the Coach Bud thing is... Uh, not really a reliable playoff coach exactly, oh. but an absolute like floor raising regular season coach. Mm-hmm. But they're five and two, and they're going to yeah. win fifty something games probably. Yeah, um, barring some terrible injuries. But they've got Chris Middleton on a, a limit. He doesn't play back to backs, and he only plays like twenty minutes a game. And they're still winning with that in place. Uh, also. He had like one really good sequence so far this season, but when Chris Middleton looked like Chris Middleton, it was like, oh, <laughs> it was like, oh, this is this is this is gonna they're gonna win the East. Like, 
if he can play like this in the playoff. It also just feels like um, they have to adjust to the difference in Dame Lillard's attitude towards defense to Drew Holiday. Like, I think they're expecting, obviously they knew Dame wouldn't be as good or, you know, harassing guys on the ball, but I think they probably expected that he would still try a little bit run back. Like when he (laughs) took a three from the top of the key that he would still chase, you know, like get back and prevent Jimmy Butler from just dunking uncontested. And that has not really been the case so far. I don't really think that's going to change, but I think the bull, the Bucks will adjust to Dame and like, all right, this just isn't your job anymore. Yeah, um, I think that even outside of Drew Holiday, who's the gold standard for like point guard defense, which I just have to mention that it's kind of hilarious that Celtics fans are now saying that when yeah. they thought that Marcus Smart was <laughs> right. and like like got the most propaganda related defensive player of the year award for him. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. as soon as he's off the team and they have Drew Holiday instead, they're like, well, yeah, he's better. Yeah, he was, he was slipping the whole time. We can't <laughs> but, be trusted. But so uh, <laughs> even outside of Drew, before him, they had Eric Bledsoe, who's a really good defender. Mm-hmm. And uh, Drew's backup last year was Javon Carter, who was a good defender. Like mm-hmm. they just are really not used to bad point guard defense. Like mm-hmm. they don't, they really. And Brogdon too. Brogdon, pretty good defender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they ha- they really, you're right, have not dealt with this. Um, so there is an adjustment. Um, I mean, Brooke Lopez just camping out under the rim more uh, than he already has is probably pretty good, especially since he's getting older. Yeah, it's like, what do you do with Giannis on defense? He's one of the best defenders in the league, but like. What do you do with him in this scenario? They're going to have to figure that out. I mean, I do think the rest... Oh, go ahead. It's a real problem to me from, like, a... Normally, when a guy changes teams after demanding out, normally they're like, they try a little bit before reverting (laughs) back to their old habits. And this has been troubling to me that Dame is just like, nope, I'm going to play Portland Trailblazer basketball, which is the second I feel a guy near me, I stop moving. <laughs> well, I think the whole team is kind of like that, right? Yeah. Now. They're they're sort of a little, maybe a little cocky, um, but maybe just kind of taking it slow because, you know, they're veterans. They know how long the season is. Right, right. Yeah, they, I mean, it's the whole team kind of looks like they're they're only trying some of the time. Um, again, they're winning. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and they not also if you, not if you only listen to basketball podcasts right. and don't yeah, watch yeah. any games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other thing is they they don't particularly have a great home court advantage in the playoffs, and they also have kind of no trouble winning big road games either. So it's like I don't know if they care that much about the seating. Have I told you guys about how strange it is going to a Bucks game in Milwaukee? No, <laughs> just because they don't have real basketball fans um they are i mean i don't want to say that you're not a real basketball fan if you only started watching recently but they all started watching recently mm-hmm. like they don't care about the nba in wisconsin um they just don't they care about the packers yeah uh, but now the, they have well a they own the team so they have to uh, yeah of course yeah. They <laughs> but so they uh they they are just starting to watch now so it's just strange being in a stadium full of people who don't really know how to behave mm-hmm. um, during this. And they're like trying to do like college sports shit. Like they have mm-hmm. a cheer. 
like they have a, almost like a student cheering section type of situation in there. Um, and when Giannis is shooting free throws, it gets dead quiet in there. Like he's a child or something. <laughs> and like all the parents are hoping he does well. And I went up there with a couple of friends last year and we were just like fucking shocked at just the weird vibe of it. They don't know how to react or behave. But anyway, it gets dead quiet. And you, you could literally hear a woman from across the bowl of the stadium saying, you got this, Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and my friends and I were like, this is fucking crazy. That's so some, weird. <laughs> some woman who was sitting near us, like, heard us say that. And then Giannis made his free throw when everybody was all quiet. And she like looked over at us. She's like, "You see, it works." Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, do you remember when Andrew Bogut had to just buy out a whole yeah, section was, like, to make people to cheer? Yeah, oh, that was the Brad. Well, was probably the Bradley Center days. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, because that would have been like oh nine or something. Yeah. Um, when I co- when I covered a game at the Bradley Center, that is the most insane route I have taken from watching the game <laughs> to the media room. It was like <laughs> a mile of tunnels. It was crazy. I was walk. I never talked to him. I was too starstruck by J. A. Adande. Uh-huh. I was walking alongside J. A. Adande, and he was like, he looked very confused as well um, <laughs> by how by how far we were walking to the media room. And then um, I felt like I was in a hotel when got to the media room. Strange. Well, John, before we started talking, you said you'd only you're 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 ramping up your basketball watching. Um, what other East teams have you watched? Um, well, I'm, I'm I'm watching a lot. I just am only watching certain teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen the Nets a lot. I've seen the Mavericks a lot. Um, I've seen the, I've watched the Nuggets a lot and the Thunder. Um, so I have takes on those teams. Okay, let's hear, let's, well, first off, I want to recommend right now. Oh, Pacers and Hornets, too. That was, that was my team. Everybody's got to watch the Pacers. They're playing the Bucks tonight. The Pacers are the, the, my favorite team in the league right now. Uh, Well, they have, I mean, they are the most, uh, (laughs) traditionally Golden State Warriors-esque team in the league. Yeah. Uh, Giving up a million points. I think they've scored 150 points twice already, <laughs> which is so crazy. Uh, I actually they, was... they are extremely Halliburton dependent. Yeah, but when yeah, he's yeah, playing, yeah. But when he's playing, pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I actually yesterday was lamenting the fact that like real basketball blogs don't exist anymore. Um, like real GM, great, obviously. Uh, the substacks we all listen great, but because if there was like a generation of free Darko Zoomers, mm-hmm. the Pacers, this is like a Zoomer free Darko team. Like they don't play mm-hmm. like free Darko liked, but how a Zoomer in that, you know what I mean? In that vein right. would like. Um, it's great. I love them. Uh, and also, don't look. They are Halliburton dependent, but also don't sleep on Andrew Nemhard, who is secretly rules. <laughs> He's good. Well, and they have. Um, I, I. It's. It's always interesting to see. Like Rick Carlisle went there and just kind of did like a Luca Cuban. Haralabub detox for a little while because they were. He's really. He's the best coach in the league at 
losing close games when you're trying to tank in the same way that he's very good at uh managing to lose games by a small amount he's not so good at uh yeah doing it in reverse basically like the pacers kind of have a bad defense but they're good at running people off the three-point line and so that's how they end up winning by 30 a lot Mm -hmm. yeah just Um, like he's going to maximize this Quad, but very fun team, basically, I think. So, Wilms, you said you've watched a lot of Mavericks, speaking of Rick Carlisle. Yeah, I feel like they've been, they've been discussed a good I amount. I have yet to watch the Mavericks, actually. Um, I mean, it's fun season. to see Luca with actual athleticism around him and not, like, you know, Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, fun like to it's, see him with a mustache. Not enough people are talking about yeah. that dirt stash he's got. It's perfect. It's tight. It's yeah. tight. I think Jennifer Hansen would like it. He's he's being just as annoying as ever in terms of whining to refs and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like kind of crazy how much he does it. It's, it's it's actually I feel like we don't talk about it enough somehow. Yeah. I feel like it, if you were at a party and like somebody just started doing something fucked up, but nobody felt like it was okay to talk about it, like you know, like and, somebody just stands up at the dinner table and starts scratching their nuts, and like they just, yeah. they just keep doing it. Yeah, and then you ask them, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, my boss probably tells me to stop doing this once a week, and I just I can't do it." You know, <laughs> I realize it's a problem. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Sean had a party once and this guy we know showed up like three hours early and then Sean left his own party to get the guy to leave. Yeah. Like, that was insane. Sorry, man. I yeah. got I got chores. Like it's still, like 11 at night and you're like, yeah, I got to go to the dentist. That guy's other move that he would do is uh, he would he would like he'd go running and he would call people from outside their apartment and ask to use their bathroom. <laughs> We're like, what? What? <laughs> Just like, and then oh, you look out the window, he's standing there all sweaty. And yeah, people did not let him do that, though. That I know he was really taking a shot on that. Uh, yeah. Um. All right. Uh, any bad teams? Any teams surprisingly bad you've seen, John? That you're like oh, kind of surprised. I watch the Pistons but... a lot. Yeah. Um. I mean, they're bad because they're young, but I actually think that if they were healthy, they would be more like a 500 team. Yeah. But they no, haven't had Monte sense. Morris. They haven't yeah. had Monte Morris or Bojan the whole season. Um. So those guys would be really helpful to them right now. Yeah. Um, it's like all children now. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing is that um, Bonnie Williams is doing his mad dad thing and um, not playing Jaden Ivey. Mm-hmm. Um, it sucks. Who, who I think might not be good anyway, but like Killian Hayes is He's better than not. Killian Hayes. Yeah. Killian Hayes we, fucking stinks. Like, yeah. I don't want to see him ever. And he's playing like 30 something <laughs> minutes a game. And I'm just like, dude, get him out of here. Because I really like Duran. And Cade and Azar Thompson is fucking awesome. He he's cool. Yeah. And Isaiah Stewart is good too. He's just in a weird place. Like, yeah. It's just weird yeah. that he's on a team with like four centers. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I got to watch the best game of Killian Hayes' life against the Warriors. And they still like weren't respecting him. He just made a lot of threes, but he still was like really ineffective on defense. Like, Sort of does it still doesn't really know where to go. It seems like um, I yeah. don't know. It did. I I can't tell if they're 
just playing him a lot because he's yeah, I guess it's probably something Jaden Ivy Ivy did, but he's actually sick too, but he was still just not playing very much when he was healthy. Well, um, he's also not playing Marcus Sasser enough either because right. he's playing Killian Hayes so yeah, much. Yeah, that guy seems that guy rocks. really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what the rap on him is, but that's people are complaining about that as well. Um, so very strange, but not so strange when you consider that it's Monty Williams and he does this. Mm-hmm. Um, although like with Aiton, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Aiton didn't play, like Aiton played a lot. He just, um, was judged very harshly by his paternal coach. Well, yeah. you know what he also played a lot of 2K. Well, I, I do know he played a lot of <laughs> video games. <laughs> so I watched yeah. a lot of the Pistons. I, 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 like many other people, am refreshed by Jalen Duran because he actually wants to be a center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Which, like, no American big man has wanted to be. And now we have a uh, a seven foot four Frenchman who doesn't want to be a center. Whatever. Right. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, Whatever. I'm like Kevin Durant. I'm, you know, seven foot four. Then that'll definitely work, all those things. You know who does think- want to be a center, though? Chet wants to be a center. Chet loves to That's mix true. it up. Even though he looks like Skeletor, Chet wants to get elbows thrown and throw them. Um. You know who I'm done with, though, is Josh Giddy. I'm over it. Uh-oh. I, do- I don't think he's good. And he doesn't look like Timothy Chalamet. I'm sorry, he doesn't. He Everyone doesn't. says that. You're correct. He just he has, the, like he has the hair, uh, kind of. Um, he just I has just a super wolf cut. Um. Well, and, you know, he's he's... Bad at shooting. That's going to be an impediment for a guard in the NBA. That's just. But what is he good at? And he's good at passing. I actually he's like Josh Giddy. <laughs> I think. I mean, I like. I like the idea of Josh cool. Giddy. Um, he barely. He barely averages more assists than turnovers. True. Um, I mean, so I, I just, can't defend it. But I, I mean, he's a he, young player. He could get better. He probably will. But it's also like Shea is so good already. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Williams so good. is good already too. Jalen Williams is really good. Really good. And Dort is a perfectly fine role Dort. player. Love Fits Dort. in great with those guys. So it's like Giddy's getting like all these minutes. My theory is that by the end of the season, Kaysan Wallace will supplant Giddy. I love Kaysan Wallace, but yeah, yeah it I seems think- like Giddy. Uh, Giddy just has like slowly given up on taking any kind of outside shots. So, um, which gives us a perfect segue to the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cam Thomas. Because, are, oh, he, he's well. out for two weeks. Are you worried, John? <laughs> uh, I am. I mean, I think that they probably will lose games because they don't have Cam Thomas. Yes. Because um, he's the only guy who wants to shoot the ball every well, time Bridges, he touches it. Bridges no, but I mean, every time he touches Bridges he wants oh, to yeah, make the right time. basketball play. Cam Thomas. Yes. Wants to shoot the ball every time he touches it. <laughs> which, like, there's a there's like the the Ben Simmons Cam Thomas theory, which is maybe they balance out. If you got mm-hmm. a guy who never wants to shoot and a guy who always wants to shoot, yeah. <laughs> maybe it works out. I don't know. Uh, I I think it worked out okay. <laughs> so uh, the the highest usage rate on the Nets does belong to uh, Cameron Thomas. No. Uh, <laughs> But it's uh, it's not it's not that I mean it's very high for Cam Thomas. He's like, um, 
but he's he's basically right around the same level as uh, Kevin Durant, Anthony <laughs> Edwards, uh, Donovan, and then Donovan Mitchell, and then uh, yeah. and then uh, he has a higher usage rate than Steph Curry, and slightly more than Kyle Kuzma. So that's that's what you're. Uh, a full a full percentage point higher than Nikola Jokic's usage, and two percent higher than LeBron James's. Uh, Embiid and Doncic and Giannis are, of course, the top three. Uh, I mean, he is a pretty incredible scorer. I don't want that yes, too long. No, 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 he's no great. it's awesome. And on a team that has you know seven three and D wings, <laughs> it Yeah, you're right. Like it's it's like the Ben Simmons thing where. And who is he? Who is he stealing possessions from exactly? You know, no one, exactly. Yeah. But the the problem the problem really comes in that they haven't had to deal with yet, and it's I guess a good problem to have, but actually probably not. Um, is when you get healthy Nick Claxton, and then you have Claxton and Simmons, and it's like can't really play those guys together. There's- no, and you can't play Dennis Smith Jr. with them either. So you've got like, but they don't really play him much anymore. Yeah, they don't. They'll play that yeah, much, but now so. that Cam Thomas is hurt, they're probably going right. to have to. Yeah, they probably um. will. Uh, but Simmons has been just as strange as ever. You um, love Ben Simmons. No, yeah, but it's like, it, it's oh, yeah. like it's <laughs> like back to normal now. Like he's what's <laughs> great is he's rebounding so much this year. Right, he's like, going to be one of the best rebounders in the league this season. Um, he'll be up there in assists too, and they get tons and tons of baskets in transition because of him. Tons. Uh, but man, he just does not shoot at all. <laughs> and it used to be, it used to be that he only would take like eight to ten shots, and now it's like he takes three. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, sh- he really doesn't shoot. Uh, he has the lowest usage rate on the Nets. I know this is pretty <laughs> shocking. Uh, he gets rid pretty of the decidedly so below. Bad. Yeah, he has the ball so much, and yet uh, Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney-Smith are both slightly more willing to uh, put it up and make something happen. My, to me, the two most underrated basketball skills and under-discussed basketball skills are a uh, ball handler's usage of a teammate's screen, the way that they use the screen. Oh. Rarely talked about, and that's not a Ben Simmons thing. But the other one I want to mention is getting rid of the ball quickly and well. Mm-hmm. And Ben Simmons is near the top of the league at that, and that's why I really <laughs> like to watch him. But, like, he, yeah, he gets rid of the ball, and people are like, oh, he's afraid he doesn't want to shoot. That's true. He is afraid, and he doesn't want to shoot. But also, like, but also it's, like, good to get rid of the ball quickly in basketball. Yeah. And, like, move it, advance it into a shooter's hands or advance it toward the basket. Like, so I enjoy watching that. Um, what, he's not the defender he used to be. He's not bad. <laughs> um, but I don't think he'll ever be that. Or they don't really use him the way that Philly used to use him, where it was like, hey, we're going to just, like, put you on the point guard because you're the only guy who's this tall and can guard point guards. Right, hmm. because they have four of those guys. They um, do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The other thing that's really kind of great about the Nets is um, they don't really ever turn the ball over, but they also never force turnovers. And they're really good at denying offensive rebounds and kind of bad at getting them. So it's like you just get the ball until you shoot. Like, like we're not going to have like a ton of transition or people like it's it's a. Uh, we're going to keep it and then we're going to let you keep the ball. That's that's sort of the 
I mean, I think part yeah. of it's just their defensive strategy because they're pretty good at, you know, denying shots. But it's it's kind of great that they're like, we're not going to we're just going to keep the ball ourselves, guys. Yeah, let's they're kind of like not be um, grabby. Either they're kind of like the KD uh, Harden uh, Kyrie Nets in that uh, it's my turn, your turn, except it goes for, for both. Teams. Yeah, the actual yeah, teams yeah, are yeah, taking Not turns. just on the one side. of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they're fascinating. Uh, I think that they might just end up being bad, but they might be like pretty good also. They're the most unpredictable team to me. They don't have Cam Johnson either, so. Um, yeah, that'll be pretty interesting. Cam Johnson's a good shooter, so yeah, he should he should definitely help them. And he's tall. But I also watch the Hornets a lot. Why? Uh, <laughs> they're they're like talent is good. Lamelo is obviously awesome. Yeah, I really like Mark Williams. Mark Williams. Is Mark Williams is secretly really good. <laughs> yeah, like not like a good Hornets player. He's just a good player. Well, and what happened to him last year is he was hurt at the very beginning of the year, so he was. I think picked like 15th, maybe just out of the lottery. And so no one paid any attention to him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, with the team they had last year, Charlotte was sort of surprisingly solid at defense once he was back. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's kind of not that exciting, I guess, but he just seems like really solid and uh, just very good at protecting the paint. Well, I would also say it's a difficult thing with Mark Williams has a hard road because his backup's name is Nick Richards. And while they're not the same name, they're the same (laughs) name, you know? It was very close. Uh, These hotel alias names, etc. But uh, he is shooting 83% this year. That's pretty good. I also don't really want to say this because I think he's like, might be a, a bad person. And, um, you know, I don't want to like have to say like, well, he's actually good at basketball though. But um, Brandon Miller, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, he's a pretty good rookie, but uh, uh, I, probably a bad person. Yeah, that's like um, what the that's like the overall Hornets experience. Yeah, I would say that's generally. I worry about Steve Clifford having to be. It's like a dangerous mind situation, except right. it's Steve Clifford being like, hey, listen to me. And then he dies of a heart attack. That's what I'm worried about. Um, but the, the Hornets do learn to appreciate William Shakespeare. So yeah, that part exactly. of it's pretty cool. <laughs> that go. he's like, yeah, this is. He's just, is like he's, he's just a rough, rough guy from a health standpoint and a uh, whole thing standpoint to put in a room of troubled youths um yeah i i am depressed thinking about the hornets now yeah well you know what's more depressing if you're a lakers fan the fact that they've given up seven they're negative 73 in first quarters baby (laughs) they're the worst first quarter team in nba history sean do you know why that's happened um, I mean, their new guys are just kind of have been atrocious so far. Like Cam Reddish has been really bad. Gabe Vincent's been pretty bad. And Torian Prince has been bad. And, and to top it off, their third star. Oh, yeah. So hot. Austin I'm, Reeves I'm, not looking so hot. 
I'm not so worried about that. Did you know that the Lakers have already uh, sent an angry video package about LeBron not getting calls? I did. And I mean, last year that worked very well. They got an apology from the official ref's account about how heartbroken they were about missing a call on LeBron. And then the Lakers shot like 500 more free throws than any other team. That has not happened yet, Mm -hmm. but we'll see. We'll see. Um, LeBron got mad at a last two minute report on social media. That was good. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's been really, really good though. Yeah. Um, it's just it's really been um I would say so there, the start of the season has really been all about the old guys. Well shout uh, shout out to guys. um I wanna say shout out to our friend Steve Jail who found uh this stat on cleaning the glass that the with LeBron on the floor, the Lakers had the point differential of a sixty seven win team, and with him sitting on the bench, they had the point differential of a one win team. <laughs> which is just <laughs> like <laughs> It just seems like we're kind of back to where we were right and like a year ago with them. <laughs> and it's like they were people kind of forgot that they were bad for like most of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they were bad the full season before that. And um, <laughs> they swiftly got it all together last year and became good. But then they yeah. like, did a lot of tinkering in the offseason. And it's like you think they're just going to go back to being good for a full season again. I know that, like, just like there's way too much Boston in the media, but there's always, like, there's too much Lakers dread or Lakers triumphalism in the media where it's like, mm-hmm. we, we want to just bring them right back into center stage. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they're still been kind of floundering for most of the last decade. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's not like we are unfamiliar with what we're seeing here. Um, like, Christian Wood, why? Like, that seems like the worst choice. Like, Cam Reddish, I'm I just am tired of hearing that guy's name. He's at this a hooper. Point. He's a hooper. That's, the, that's who he is. Like, he exists just for hoopers on Twitter or X or X to be like, you don't fucking know anything. Cam Reddish is awesome. It's, no, he's not. Like he's stinks. This is all. He also wasn't good at Duke. It's like all based on something he did when he was 16 or 17 years old. In a YouTube mixtape. Yeah, he's evolutionary OJ Mayo. (laughs) Um. I mean, he was like, OJ Mayo was like a good college player, though. Kim Reddish, like, sucked at Duke with with two you know the first and third pick in the draft on his team, and they were not great. Also, what's wrong with Hachimura? I feel like that's. if he's good again, that that helps a lot. Is he? If he's a, he's another guy that kind of hasn't really been good for the majority of, except for that hot streak the Lakers had, and he shot like fifty percent in the playoffs from I three or something that like that. Should be. I always thought that he should be good though. Like, yeah, I mean, I think, he I did have a concussion. He's he's been in concussion protocols, so. Like, I'm I mean, he, he was just on the Wizards. That was his problem yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, that that's reasonable. I mean, he had a he had 24 points last night, but uh, okay. that was not a competitive game he was in. Uh, uh, Jared Vanderbilt also hasn't played yet for them. Um, yeah, and, and Anthony Davis is banged up. Did he play? What? No, he's – I know. He, he went to – he actually – I don't know if I've seen a guy I, – go to the locker room and come back out to play like he he went to the locker room twice and then returned Uh um with either i don't know what happened to him but he didn't he's he's currently hurt he hurt his abductor muscle yeah 
which sounds abductor like a Dateline NBC. Abductor. Abductor. Okay, okay. Okay. I think the abductor injury is not as bad, and the adductor is one that sometimes you miss two months. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be wrong about that, though. Sean, are there any other teams you want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about if you believe that this four and three Houston Rockets team could be doing something. They have not won a. They they have played five of their seven games at home, but they just blew out the Kings two games in a row at home, and then blew out the Lakers. Um. They basically they they got killed in their first game, and then every other game has been pretty competitive. Or uh, I do believe in Ime Udoka as like evil Monty Williams, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the like the toxic masculinity mad dad style of his. Yeah. It really works. Mm-hmm. Like, I be, I definitely believe in that. Um, so I'm not surprised that they're better. I expected them to be better. I don't know if they're going to be like a play-in team or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, what's kind of weird to me is the fact that they're better, but not because Amon Thompson is really doing anything. Or he's hurt. I think he's hurt. Right? I know he just got oh, hurt. Okay. Um, oh, okay. But or that because that would be where they would get a lot better, right? Is like or what's his face? Um, why can't I think of the last year's pick? Jabari Smith Jabari. has been yeah. fine, but it's not like he's been like. Oh, this is he's like the reason their pick the like he's justifying how highly they drafted him. Like yeah. he's been good, but like it's simply just seems to Ooh, be Ime Adoka and uh Dylan Brooks the uh, weird attitude adjustment stuff. <laughs> like Well, <laughs> yeah. The the other thing that's happening is um Jalen Green is making a lot of shots. Yeah. And and they're um, I thought they were maybe not going to do this because of how their moves were and how into getting uh, Brooke Lopez they were. But uh, they seem to be letting Sengun cook a little bit here. (laughs) Like he's he's not having to split time with somebody like Jock Landell's just his backup. And he's he's fun. He's uh, he's kind of kicking ass. Although I have a problem, I don't know if you watched the Rockets broadcast this year, but uh, they no. they refer to him as Alpie every time. Alpie, Alpie, like because like no. uh, like, like he's the bad guy at in uh, Space okay, Jam: Space A New, New Legacy. Legacy. Yeah, <laughs> this you guys now at some point in the future need to have a podcast where you compile all of the worst nicknames that only. Uh, local, local broadcasters. <laughs> oh, man, that's difficult. Because they, but yes. they all have really bad ones. But so what's the... <laughs> crazy about the Rockets is they don't ever refer to him as Shangun. It's just like Alpi gets the ball. Alpi passes it off. Alpi gets the rebound. Like, that's his name. Uh, it makes I mean, me insane. Let me tell you the two worst things that uh, Warriors broadcasters do mm-hmm. um, historically. I'm not just picking, I'm going to pick on Bob Fitzgerald once. And no, then pick uh, on him both times. <laughs> so, so Bob Fitzgerald, uh, when the Warriors play the Oklahoma City Thunder, most people figure out some easy way to refer to the two guys named Jalen Williams. And often only one of them's on the court and you mm-hmm. can just say Williams. But Bob Fitzgerald refers to them exclusively as Santa Clara Jalen Williams and Arkansas Jalen Williams. Mm-hmm. 
like the most awkward. And also, it's like that's not actually even one that... of the better things he does as a broadcaster. <laughs> it's bad, but uh, <laughs> at least he's uh there are so many worse things. Uh, well, and then the other thing is that uh, the Warriors had uh, Steve Albert, the le- the lesser of all the Albert brothers, I think. Um, and he used to refer to Chris Gatling as the Energizer, but he would pause as he said it like it was a really grandiose nickname. So Gatling would, you know, get an offensive rebound and put it back. And Steve Albert would go, the Energizer. On a TV broadcast, like he was a PA announcer in the arena, it was terrible. Anyway, those are the worst things. Yeah. What, what's the thing you hate the most about Buff Fitzgerald, Joey? Um, I mean, pretty much everything. Uh, like the sound of his voice, the way he, uh, the way it's like, uh, he runs a propaganda channel essentially for the like, like that when he was cheering from the announcer's table and yes. Steph Curry had a, a last a second shot, like starship yeah. troopers. I feel like. yes, exactly. <laughs> but my least favorite thing is actually he very clearly makes a list of like nearby cities or things. So when Steph Curry shoots from far away, like say they're in Chicago, he'll be like, yeah. he shot that from Navy Pier or whatever. Well, there was there was one um Mike Tarico used to or he probably still does that in in some football equivalent. Uh-huh. But LeBron made a deep three um against the Bulls in Chicago. And I was watching the game from my friend's apartment in Logan Square. Mm-hmm. which is roughly six miles from mm-hmm. the United Center. And as we're sitting there, Mike Tirico says, LeBron made that one from Logan Square! Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, why does Mike Tirico know about Logan Square? And then I realized he was probably like a Northwestern guy, like like half of sports mm-hmm. media. Yeah. But then later in that broadcast, LeBron had a huge dunk, and he said, how do you like that, Chicago? <laughs> I was just like, I don't like it, man. I'm rooting for the Bulls in this one. <laughs> Maybe I, I don't know what your post-game show plans are. Uh, well, yeah. then, the other thing that Bob Fitzgerald does all the time is um, focusing on extremely limited shooting splits. Like, like a team against the Warriors will go like. They'll make like five out of nine threes mm-hmm. in the first quarter. And he is just beside himself. Like, I yeah. can't. This this team shoots 37%. They're five <laughs> of nine. <laughs> and and it never has anything to do with whether the Warriors have just run Lacked away from a guy shooting corner a corner three. three. Yeah, like, yeah. something they've been doing for like two years now. And he's still just like, I just, I never thought I'd see the day. Killian Hayes would shoot eight of twelve, and it's like that's—it's not really that unlikely. Like it's, mm-hmm. Clay Thompson uh, sometimes just stops playing defense for minutes at a time. Now that's just like a thing he does. Now, you know? uh, also, Sean, I—I I would be remiss not to mention it, but you brought up Chris Gatling earlier. Yes, and the it's Gatling just important gun. to remember that Chris Gatling is the only NBA player I know who was arrested for setting up a telemarketing service that targeted senior citizens and sold them fictitious websites to oh, scam God. their credit cards. <laughs> um, wow, so I did he not. truly was energizing his own bank account there. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's our episode. John, 
You wrote a book called Jad's Dad, Milo. Everyone should read it. Do you have another Mouse book coming books. out soon? Yes, the probably uh, next year, early next year at this point. The Bert gets hurt. Uh, <laughs> the follow up book will come out. Uh, I'm back to Real GM. I wrote about the uh, my bucks mm-hmm. at Real GM this week. <laughs> yeah, wrote some something at the Ringer recently. Um, I recorded with uh, our friend Corbin. Uh, earlier today so you can it's uh, the turtle pond hangout podcast yeah um well perfect and thanks john, for coming on s- john oh yeah john by the way i've read uh three eugene martin martin books this really next year did you read uh did you read firework i didn't read firework i read pure life which was just incredible oh, oh my that god is, that novel is like y'all got it out eugene martin pure life uh yeah it's it's really good but and I- then waste is really crazy that one's like more of a novella i haven't read that it's about a janitor who um discovers a body in the apartment in the the, uh uh office building he works in and then i read layman's report which is like a novelization of uh the life of that uh mr death from the um errol morris doc well and sean you know what you're gonna start reading on friday what's that uh, you're gonna start reading Resurrection Walk, the new Lincoln Lawyer book, starring oh my Lincoln God. Lawyer and Harry Bosch. Wow, <laughs> Joey, this is incredible stuff. I'm currently reading a book about the Ku Klux Klan. I just finished a Barkley autobiography, and I'm reading uh, a mass market uh, murder book paperback called, I think it's the Thursday Murder Club. I'm sure it'll be a movie. Um, is it part of Reese's book club? Um, uh, I mean, it might be. It's British. John, how do we get Bert gets hurt in Reese's oh, yeah. book club? Um, uh, you just have to wait until it exists. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll start. We'll start. Uh, we'll start a hashtag or something. Reese read Bert gets hurt. Um, there you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Thanks a lot for coming on, John. Uh, you're the best. Um, thank you, John. That was great. Um, now we're just going to have a little brief conversation with our friend Alex about what it's like to DJ at Shacktoberfest and what it's like to get a head nod from Shaq. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, Sean and I, we're here with, uh, our friend Alex, well, our new friend Alex, who, um, uh, was the DJ at Shaquille O'Neal's Halloween Festival, Shacktoberfest? Yep. Um, and I was just explaining to Alex that Sean and I are obsessed with Shaq's various endorsements and how crappy generally we think the products are. And well, we, yeah, yeah. We, we have a Patreon only release of uh, Roundball Rock that's called Shaq in a Podcast, which again. You can get for just five dollars a month at patreon.com slash round rock pod. Huh. Um but yeah, we've reviewed the Shacaroni pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that's a thing. Yeah, uh, his reality show Shack Life. Um mm-hmm. I've actually reviewed three different episodes of a reality show called Tanked, which is about uh customized aquariums in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um Shaq will pretty much endorse anything. That yeah, is what Icy uh, Hot, Sean. Have you endorsed? Have you reviewed Icy Hot yet? Uh, I have not. I 
don't remember the last time I used Icy Hunt. Mm-hmm. I guess I should do that. What and, about the uh, general yeah. car insurance? Have you changed your car insurance not, yet? <laughs> um. I have not, but I uh, my my fiance used to do some work for Progressive, so mm-hmm. I'll I'll ask her. I'll see if I can interview her about the general. Um, what about uh, Jack's life partner, Epson Andy, Printer oh. Inc.? Have you done Epson Printer Inc. yet? I mean, I feel like I've ordered that before. <laughs> um, have you sat in the Office Max office chair yet? No, and that is definitely <laughs> on the to-do list. Yeah. Um. So, Alex, first question. Yeah. How do you end up being the DJ at Shacktoberfest? Well, some old... I was referred to a friend, a musical friend here in Los Angeles, and I have some old friends from San Francisco from our, like... um I was in a band called Lemonade, so from the early kind of post-punk, psychedelic, electronic SF scene, uh-huh. probably 2004, 2005, okay. when Amanda, who goes by MNDR, was playing, and we would play shows together, and she's like a noise musician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, she and her partner, her now partner, met in New York, and I think she did some tracks from Mark Ronson and became like a proper pop uh, songwriter. Like top liner songwriter and her uh-huh. part they produce together. And they're also into horror and uh oh. the whole spooky scene. So they uh-huh. started mm-hmm. making this band called Lovecraft, which has become oh. <laughs> the premier uh Halloween soundtrack, like contemporary Halloween soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like what has happened since the Monster Mash, you know? Thriller. Yeah, like, true. It, it, it's... What's happened since Thriller? So they write tunes. She's holding my my laminate, my shack no. <laughs> I have my spooky basketball outfit in the in the wash right now, unfortunately. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's, um, uh, so they started writing Halloween tunes and or you know, spooky themed tunes. And it's it's man, it's mind blowing. The spooky scene is uh more vast than you can imagine. Well, I was gonna save this one for later, but I guess I'll ask it now. As a Halloween DJ. How mm-hmm. many times a night do you play Astro Zombies by the Misfits? <laughs> Zero. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Like, and I'm not a ha- Halloween DJ. I'm a musician uh, <laughs> who, takes, who takes whatever paying gig I can to support my daughter. Yeah. Uh, but um, that so they, weird so they got a new DJ for this thing, and I became kind of the resident DJ for Lovecraft, L-V-C-R-F-T. Oh, okay. And they're great folks, and they write cool tunes. And um, it's actually turned into more than Halloween because there's Halloween. Do you know what this? No. <laughs> oh, late April. It's six months in between oh, Halloween. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's Halloween. Halloween. That's yeah. Good. I played Midsummer Night Scream and okay. uh, Spooky Pride. Spooky Pride. That's mm-hmm. that sounds awesome. good. Oh my yeah. god. And That's... so the spooky scene has the uh, has the spooky everything year round. Fake blood and. Uh, there she goes. Hey, by the way. Yeah, I guess I guess like I don't even necessarily I mean, obviously Halloween is the premier spooky holiday, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's so much non-spookiness to it that if you're into like the really spooky part of it, you need yeah. an outlet for the rest of the mm-hmm. year. And yeah. it kind of feels like it it I could I totally understand how there's spooky pride because there's moments where you're kind of like, well, the line is kind of blurry between Halloween costuming and just party costuming you know sure. i yeah i think about it because i produce a lot of brazilian music and i would go to carnival a lot oh yeah 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 so carnival is their big dress up right 
Yeah. yeah. So it would be like the most amazing, the fantasias, so the most amazing uh, costumes in the middle of summer. You know, it's hot. Yeah. And it, yeah. Um, you know, and everyone's playing, playing dress up and but partying and making out in the streets. Yeah. So it's their version of Halloween kind of. I was so going to think of Oh, sorry, I I do, no. oh, go ahead. You go. Halloween is popular everywhere in the world now because of, you know, our mass marketing and everything mm -hmm. else. Uh -huh. Sorry. Well, hopefully Halloween becomes popular everywhere yeah. in the world now and not just code for when you're around Dean, but not Gene. Um, <laughs> uh, that's half of ween. All right. Yeah. More cheese, less chocolate. Yeah. Half a ween would give me more gigs, I guess, though. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween, my Halloweens might be ruined after doing this for the rest of my life. Because not oh. everyone can celebrate uh, so, five days a week for six weeks, you know. Right, right. <laughs> so for Shacktoberfest, how aggressive is the Shack presence slash branding? It's, you know, last year was more... Last year had, had more going on, like cardboard cutouts of Shack everywhere, mm -hmm, you know? Yeah. He came last year, like to say hello. And beforehand, they were like, "Oh yeah, who knows? Maybe he'll get up and uh, DJ with you." And I yeah. was like, oh, "I heard he's a DJ." He is, yeah, he's DJ he... Diesel, yeah, DJ Diesel, yeah. <laughs> Granted, I haven't really followed him. Uh, I mean, ever. I hear from everyone. He's supposed to be a really, really sweet person, mm -hmm. but I don't follow basketball or like celebrity stuff, and so I'm like completely out of the picture, mm -hmm. you know. And then like. But he's supposed to be really, really nice. And they said, well, you know, if he comes and jump on stage and DJ with you, don't be surprised. And I was like, cool, that'd be awesome, you know, yeah. just to see how, I don't know, how <laughs> he is, I guess, or something. I heard he has big feet. I mean, and, he uh, is a giant man. Yeah, that is well, the thing he's famous. One of the things he's famous for is being True. huge. Yeah. <laughs> but also, everyone tells me he's supposed to be a really, really like sweet and wonderful person. So, so they yeah, say he would he would like buy rookies cars when they would join his team. So like <laughs> wow, very no nice, generous, generous guy. guy. When uh, he, he was in Phoenix, his fa his favorite thing to do is he would go to Walmart at three a.m. and buy people's stuff. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> he was kind of a forerunner cool. to a more innocent uh, social media time. Shaq yeah. was pretty early yeah. to join Twitter, and he would just tweet things okay. like. Find me at the Orange Julius stand at this mall, which yeah. <laughs> that's good. There. Yeah. Well, um, he okay, he came so... once last year. There were cardboard mm -hmm. cutouts everywhere, and there are like um, like everything is basketball themed, which is kind of I I never understood why really. I mean, <laughs> right? I understand why, but like the whole like you said a uh, shack shackaroni pizza or mm -hmm. the play on. I kind of assumed just someone was like Oktoberfest, even though that's like a German beer festival. They're mm -hmm. like Shacktoberfest, Shacktoberfest, and just like ran with it, you know, like ran yeah. with his play on words. I mean, he is he's like that with a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, it, you know, it's like you could skip the line uh, to rides taking the fast break. Uh -huh. And then there's like zombie, the, like the when I'm DJing in front of the Jumbotron behind me. Uh -huh. Um. There are there are zombies dressed up in basketball. There's actually a hoop on the, you know, on the dance floor or behind the dance floor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Zombies dressed up as basketball players who go and like challenge people to games. Do and they play like zombies? Or do they play are they just yeah. dressed as zombies and they play normal basketball? <laughs> well, some are better. They're actors, right? So some are yeah. better than actors. But like there are some that are 
that are really good at it and have the whole like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, going around and they'll just kind of be like, you know, mm-hmm. but some don't have basketball, so they'll make the shots. So it's kind of like having a bunch of sharks going around, challenging people to horse or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, I think, um, look, I'm bad at basketball, but I think I could beat a zombie at a, at basketball and most actors. Yeah. Um, most actors. My, uh, my own, real actors. <laughs> my own uh, amateur basketball career ended because uh, I foolishly tried to take a charge during a pickup game uh, from a professional dancer, and uh, I broke a couple of ribs. Oh, Jesus! So, yeah, I feel I mean, like congratulations sister. to that guy. Not really. That's how well I would fa- I would fare against mm-hmm. actors or zombies. I think I would be some were good uh, injured. Yeah. That's how, that's how it would end. But there's also a referee. There's a spooky referee okay. uh, who pops and locks and break dances. Which oh, is that's very so Shaq. He, yeah, yeah, that so sounds like something Shaq me. would like. Yeah. He would slip me some requests, which were all good ones, like African Bombada and like, uh-huh. you know, freestyle stuff. And I was like, oh, that'll go off, especially with this guy on stage next to me break dancing. Spooky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, there's those. The fast break thing is cool. Uh, because people skip lines, but also I think it's like I'm not sure how much more the VIP ticket is. I actually don't know anything about pricing. I'm really I'm not working for the company. I'm like a third party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm hired by the the band, right? Right, right, right. And I'm called DJ Reaper, and I have a basketball outfit. So yeah, and Amanda and Peter designed it. It's actually pretty sick. I have a bucket hat with their logo on it. Uh-huh. Love Lovecraft and a little it's a skull with um the eyes are musical notes. Okay. Great. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Like this. Uh-huh. Except this is a little eighth note, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um just just for our listeners, Alex is uh doing the eye circle upside down hand thing to make it look mm-hmm. like you're wearing a super oh i'm mask. sorry it's a podcast yourself yeah. no, no, no it's, worry, I, I, I you're just, good for the for the audio only people i just want to clarify <laughs> and i wanted to do a terrible description of that. i brought my adorable daughter for nothing <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so i have bucket hat and uh basketball jersey shorts with you know six their their logo on the butt and like six 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 on my on my jacket the number yeah um, right yeah, yeah yes and flyaway pants oh because so, for this los angeles you know unpredictable october yeah I, if it got too hot i just rip them off on stage mm-hmm. you know? also you never know one of those zombies might get injured and you might have to go play in the game so you got to be ready <laughs> yeah yeah totally <laughs> no, I, I barely left stage i was i was cranking it the whole time so what is that yeah. um there he has diesel's pumpkin patch so there's a okay. pumpkin patch that you could walk through and there's a maze you know mm-hmm. and people come out at you from there uh the witching hour happens at uh 8 30 p.m because the place closes at, tw- at 12 and that's mm-hmm. when the monsters are announced there's about 100 actors that are paid to walk around or work the different um not rides but attractions you okay. know okay. so there's like a spooky there's a haunted uh, pirate ship, and there's like on the Queen Mary, um, another one. There's a pumpkin patch. There, I think there are five or six. So, a witching hour. They play a video with Shaq in it, where he comes out, says like, you know, ghosts and ghouls gather around, and does this, <laughs> you know, Halloween kind of thing. Uh huh. And um, and they they then introduce the monsters. You know, the Queen Mary is getting scary. 
Mm-hmm. And he was eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Kelly had a little coaching for some acting stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He has experience. Wasn't he in Space Jam? Or was He's that... in a lot of things. You Did would he? be surprised okay. how much Shaq acts. Um, okay. He was he... in a movie called Uncle Drew that was based on a Pepsi Max commercial where he mm-hmm. played an old man. Uh, he plays a cop in the movie Grown Ups 2. Mm-hmm. He's in a couple of Sandler movies. He's in right? a lot of Sandler movies. He's the DJ mm-hmm. in Who Be Halloween. Um, but he's also like, he starred in Kazam and, uh, Blue Chips. Uh-huh. Like, uh, he's, uh, he's got a, Shaq cool. acts weirdly a lot. Um, yeah, apparently that's what brought him to Los Angeles initially was the ability to have a multimedia presence. And I think Shaq, I may be wrong about this, Joey, but isn't he, uh, the best-selling rapper of any NBA player. Yeah, I think he might have like a platinum album. Yeah, his like first that. album went platinum. Yeah. yeah. That was almost 30 years ago, right? He's been yeah. here for a long time. Yeah, and he seems to have switched to you know, being he does a EDM. DJ. He doesn't yeah, really seem to EDM rap DJ anymore. Now. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing, yeah. It's marketed as a Shaquille O'Neal sponsored EDM and dubstep festival, I think. Mm-hmm. Halloween festival. Right. Yeah, Halloween, yeah. Halloween EDM yeah. dubstep. Yeah, and that probably is the only one run by a professional, ba- a former professional basketball player. It's gotta be right. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure anyone else was. Yeah, I, I, the problem. I don't really know too much about EDM. That was um, unfortunate. I I will say though, it was a kicking party. Yeah, yeah, it went off. Like I had um, people dancing every night. There's one other. The most famous DJ is of course Joey uh, Ronnie Cycli. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if he's the most famous, but I would of, say of NBA player DJs. I mean, and, I mean, I think Shaq is probably oh, Shaq is above yeah, yeah, Ronnie yeah, Cycli. Shaq, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ronnie Cycli like releases uh, singles. And yeah, yeah. Um, so big. I think Dennis Rodman did something in the '80s. I think Dennis Rodman probably did some DJing. That sounds something, right. right. Yeah. Um, uh, Javale McGee got a Grammy nomination for working on a track with Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think Chris Webber wrote some songs for Nas. Uh-huh. So those, those are all they, a lot of great <laughs> NBA musicians. Well, Wayman Tisdale is the best NBA musician. I he's think. like, a, what was he, a classical saxophone He's player? a jazz, he's jazz, a jazz bassist, jazz I believe. Bassist. Yeah. No, I, that was um, not close, what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Bassist too? I'm a jazz bassist. What's yeah. your, what other bands, do you, do you have another band that is out and ready oh, to go? Oh, wow, that is a big base yeah 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 yeah. i have a, I have a bunch of different projects i uh, i was in a band called lemonade for years that toured okay. we moved to new york city but now i have a group with my wife ali called florisere and we have a single coming out like i said i produce brazilian music so i have a group in brazil oh or i'm actually going to go to the studio right up when we're done and finish some remixes for that mm-hmm. and um what else oh and my solo project uh, my most re- recent record last month is called Dr. Bronzer. Mm-hmm. Dr. Bronzer. That mm-hmm. Sounds yeah, good. He's, he's also sounds like a product Shaquille O'Neal would endorse if it were. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Wayman uh, like Tisdale was on Motown as a smooth jazz bassist. Uh, his album in 2001, Face to Face, was uh, number one on Billboard's Contemporary Jazz Chart. And he's in the Oklahoma Jazz Hall of Fame. Um, oh, shit. So good for him. Um, now, did you find any of Shacktoberfest to be particularly spooky? Yeah, that scary? was going to be my next question. Oh. Because Shaq is so kid-friendly, it can't yeah. be that scary. 
Well, I think that was the problem the first year was that it was, you know, we had these kid uh, hour and a half where I would play the Monster Mash and the more of the kid, you know, Skeleton Sam was a big the Lovecraft single. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And um, I would play that stuff for the kids. But then when the witching hour happened, which was about an hour and a half in, then it would actually get scary and the kids would be a little spooked because mm-hmm. there are actors going around live actors who are trying to scare you dressed up yeah, with like, right. all sorts of crazy monsters, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They did Sundays were the kid thing, and then the rest of the time was scary. I unfortunately can't really tell you because I was oh, right, because he's Oh, working. yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> no one was trying to spook you up yeah, there. Like yeah, I, I had a, you know, 30-minute break. I'd run run and eat something in my car yeah, and yeah, just yeah. get the noise for a minute and then run back <laughs> But I think there, I think there are, yeah, some legit scary things if you if you get spooked by the kind of like uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, I mean, they, uh, I was going to say something not funny. Um, <laughs> there are a lot, lot scarier things that going on in the world us. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know, this entire time I'm on stage, I'm thinking about genocide, which is right, right. Yeah. But um. I, I I couldn't comment on the spookiness, but I know Shaq came last year. That's what I'm saying last, and uh, yeah. I got I got a head nod. So he Ooh, didn't that's really cool. That's really cool. But he walked he walked back with like a thirty person entourage of photographers and everyone, and he gave me a little, you know, tip of the hat. Yeah. Thing. yeah that he rules. does usually really like halloween but we found out uh last week his default costume is just to put on a wig and dress as a beautiful lady yeah that is his that's his favorite costume. halloween yeah. costume yeah. i'm sure um, no one recognizes him <laughs> <laughs> well alex we're gonna let you go i think that was a thank you for the shacktoberfest update hopefully we'll see you there sure. next year is there anything you want to plug for where our listeners yeah, can uh find your music or anything uh, Alex Pasternak, you just Google my name, man. I'm everywhere. Yeah. All right, Fantastic. perfect. Thanks so much for coming hey, on, thanks, Alex. Man. Anytime. Um, thank you, Alex. Everyone, uh, next year, meet up at Shacktoberfest. Listener meet up at Shacktoberfest. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, that's our episode. Sean, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, Cobb's Comedy Club this weekend, but November 18th. I will be at uh, It's Your Move Games in Oakland on Telegraph Avenue. And then uh, first weekend in December, I'll be at Rooster Tea Feathers. Uh, great. Who are you playing? Who are you with at Rooster Tea? Uh, Dave Nehill. My, I've been working with a lot of Irish comedians. He is an Irish comedian. Wow. So they love, come on down to Sunnyvale. They love Thursday is college. No, no Thursday's military night. Either Thursday or Sunday. One of them you can get in with a college ID. One you can get in with a military ID. And uh, please don't steal Valor. <laughs> uh, hit me up for the guest list. Is that what a promoter would say, Joey? I... Uh, sure. <laughs> um. All right, and then as for me, you know where you can find me at Frankie Muniz on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where on October first, twenty twenty one, I tweeted, "I ruptured my eardrum today. It happened because, well." I'm me. Like Malcolm, the world is against me. FML equals Frankie Muniz's life. Um, Sean, did you write a song? You know, I didn't. 
right one for That's this okay. week. Yeah, I, I just Stop I think we should bad when you uh, when just, you I've been, that question. I've been doing a lot of comedy at night, and that's normally when I record. And then I can't really record my music after like 11 p.m. because it'll terrify my sleeping fiance. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You have to wait to get married before you can show her your uh, how hard you work on your music. Yeah, the prenup doesn't uh, kick in for a while. So, uh, by the way, Joey, uh, did you see who was named People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive? Uh, Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey, 57-year-old Patrick Dempsey, almost as old as Sean Connery when he won. I think he's the mm-hmm. second oldest. But here's here's the reason I bring it up. Do you know what Patrick Dempsey's other career is besides being an actor? I do not. He's a race car driver. Oh, Joey, wow. Are we 25 short years away from Frankie Muniz <laughs> being People Magazine's sexiest yeah, man Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think we're ready for that, yeah. Um. Anyway, one of Sean's songs will be playing under us yeah. now. Trust the process. Trust the process. And shut it down. Let's all see Sean go do comedy at It's Your Move Games. <laughs> On the blogs, I read the talk. Rumors from chefs and then from Woj. Expiring contracts, bought and sold to match the dough. The trade machine is so artless. How could he deal no heartless? Oh, how could you deal no heartless? How could you deal no trading for a guy who's non-guaranteed, yo? Overshadowed by Wiggins for D-Lo. Gerson Ross is one of from Indochino. I mean, even if the deal was falling through. I mean, even if they want to pick swap at 22. Hey, yo, Maurice, buddy, let's look on the bright side. Hey, yo, you didn't play with Hassan Whiteside. Now you want to stretch for your gun to deal me. And in the buyout market, maps want to steal me. Only Al-Farouk knows the real me. Visco into Palace Books. Blogs and read the talk, rumors from shams and then the woge. Expiring contracts bought and sold to match the dough. I gotta lease my apartment. How could you deal more heartless? Oh, how could you deal more heartless? How could you be so Daryl Mori? You're bringing up some matching rules that I don't know. Paul George's body got hella weak though Why you send me away for Marcus Moe? Singing the blues like Oladipo Winter in New York is so damn cold I won't stop sending texts to Coach Pop Cause I know they love me in San Antonio I wish this trade was still tentative I need to call my representative The Knicks ain't trying to be competitive They play like they're taking a sedative On the blogs I read the talk Rumors from shams and then from Woj Starving contracts bought and sold To match the dough They're waving Isaiah's carcass How could you deal more heartless? How could you deal more heartless? Talking, talking, talking trade. Chugging all the haterade. You can't trust Pat Patterson's knees. Need my bonus, I won't shoot threes. Sorry that I want to win. Sorry I kept my body thin. Sorry I'm not an evil twin. I know you didn't believe. 
in Jerome Robinson. This whole thing makes me sick. I'm headed to the Knicks. Getting on the line. Rumors from Shams and Man from Woj. Expiring contracts by the soul to match the dough. They'll miss me when I've departed. How could you deal no hard less? Oh, how could you deal no hard less? Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.